Recognition, power, and influence is your birthright, and this podcast shows you how to get there. Welcome to episode number 208. Today's episode, I am talking to you about value creation, not the value that we create at our organization, because I venture to guess that your value is pretty high, right? But the value that we receive in return. And I know a lot of times it can feel like that's outside of our control unless we do a hard negotiation for a salary increase or something like that. But it is something that we can begin to influence how we are valued and really understand what is valued at our company and how we can begin to create that value in ourselves so that other people will value us as a result. So in today's episode, I'm giving you three ways that you can begin to create that value for yourself and begin to make more money and get higher titles and make a bigger impact as a result. All right, let's get started. Welcome to Women Changing Leadership. I am your host, Stacey Mayer, and I teach you how to get promoted, get paid, and bring your whole self to the leadership table. I am on a mission to change organizations from the C-suite out because women are the new face of leadership and we are doing it on our terms. Hello, corporate badasses. Welcome to another episode of Women Changing Leadership. I am your host, Stacey Mayer, and super excited, as always, to be here with you again this week. So as we close out the year and we reflect on what we have accomplished over the past year and where we're headed into 2023, I wanted to spend today's conversation talking about value. So many of the women that I work with, um, when asked the question, what do they want next in their career? Or if they're on a job interview and they say, why would you like this position? It is usually to bring more impact, to have more impact at my organization, to bring value, to see the fruits of my labor, to really make a difference at my organization or in my community. This is a broad stereotype for sure, but it is really true. I could definitely reach out to every single one of my clients and ask them, and they would say there is some aspect to the impact, the results of the work that they're doing. Yet what's on the flip side of that is that they're not being credited or valued, so to speak, in that bigger way. And once we can realize and really take ownership of the value that we create at our organizations, and then how we are valued in return, so much more becomes possible for us in our careers, right? We have so many more choices. So today's podcast episode is all about value creation and how you can bring more value to yourself and so that you can begin to reap the rewards of truly the value that you bring to your organization, the value that you already know that you bring and you create at your company, but yet you don't feel valued for it. Before I do that, I want to read a little testimonial that I received from one of my earliest clients. She was probably like 
client number five <laughs> or something like really, really early on in the in the process. But she just sent me a little love note the other day, and I wanted to to share it with you. She says, I want to say thank you. As I reflect since I met you, I had grown tremendously. The outcome, three jobs, two promotions, and 70% increase in salary in five years. Not bad for navigating through a male-dominated corporate politics in an international company. Your coaching has helped me grow to be an impactful leader. Yay, congratulations to her. And I also wanted to share that with you as a testament of the value that I am creating in the world. And when I talk about the difference between being able to impact somebody's life and then on the flip side being valued for that impact, sometimes they can feel very disconnected. So I consider the work that I do to be immensely valuable. But I do have to tell you that if I'm not valued for the work that I do, if I don't receive feedback like this on a regular basis, I received another email yesterday where a woman read my book and reads my emails and received a promotion as a result of it and a huge pay increase just from that work, if I don't receive that kind of feedback back to me, then I am going to feel like my work is not valued. Now, that doesn't mean that my work is not valuable, but I'm going to feel that way. And I think for a lot of you, when you are feeling like you're struggling and you're not able to get the pay that you feel like you rightfully deserve, you're not able to succeed in getting promoted, that you can feel like your work is not valued, that you personally don't have value. I want to tell you, first of all, that value is something that we create. We create opportunities for other people to value us. And in today's episode, I'm going to give you three ways that you can begin to create that value for yourself that doesn't have anything to do with putting more value into the world, right? So you don't have to change your job. You don't have to really do anything different in your day-to-day to begin to get that value back in return. So the first thing that I want to share with you is that every single one of you listening to this podcast has tremendous value. You are born inherently worthy. You are born incredibly valuable. Every person has an astronomical amount of value to themselves as a person. We're born perfect. If you believe in in God's eyes or as this beautiful little baby that has no flaws, that we're essentially born with a tremendous amount of value. And then what happens is we forget that value because society chips away at us and society tells us that we're not as valuable. And, you know, some people make more money than others. And so they seem more valuable or somebody at our organization gets promoted and they're in charge. And so they seem more valuable. And so when that starts to happen, we question our inherent value. But the truth is our value as a person has never changed. Like we we don't actually change. Like one person is not more valuable than another person. 
we are only perceived as more valuable. We are only reaping the rewards of that value. But at its basic level, no person is more valuable or less valuable than another person. And 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 I think we know this, but we forget it, especially as it applies to ourselves and probably other people who we don't like that much. They have less value, but then we get pissed off because they're valued more by our organization. So it's really important to remind ourselves of that. And when you kind of think about the path of enlightenment, if you know that's something that you're interested in pursuing in terms of spiritual success and really finding yourself and following your passion and living your worth and all of that kind of stuff before you die, the path is really reclaiming. And the, and when I say the path, I'm, I'm referring to like the Buddhist path, but it's reclaiming that value, that ownership. When I start, first started studying Buddhism, like it was an entire course built around the concept that you are worthy. That's it. You are worthy. You are valuable. So at our baseline, we are valuable. And our job is to sort of remind ourselves of that inherent value, right? That that at its very basic qualities, we are valuable. We are just as valuable as our peers, as our leaders. When I talk about 15-minute ally meetings, really just owning and belonging in the room, you know, that this person who has a higher perceived value at your organization is not any better or worse than you are. And you deserve to be in the room with that person just as much as anybody else. Like, this is huge. Reminding ourselves of our value could be enough for a whole podcast episode. But what I'd like to show you more so is how to get other people to value us because it matters. If I don't have people who truly value the work that I do, as in are willing to pay me money so that I can do more work in this world then I don't have a business and I'm not able to create the value and make the impact that I want. If you are so far in the weeds and you are just like swimming and and just trying to keep your head afloat, you don't feel like and really connect with that value, right? Because other people aren't valuing you and the work that you create in the way that you believe you should be valued. But the good news is there are certain ways to get that to happen right? There are things that we can do to influence behavior. And I'm not making this up. This is practiced principles that create value for other individuals. These are basic influential principles that create value. The first thing I want you to really realize is that you're inherently valuable. And then the next thing is that value is perception. So you know this in marketing 100%, right? And we're going into the holidays, so we're being bombarded with marketing. And one thing is more valuable than something else. You, you can see this. You also see this with marketing trends. A person, an influencer could all of a sudden be perceived as more valuable. You get a, you know, a celebrity is more valuable the toothpaste companies all of a sudden are able to create campaigns that create make sure that their toothpaste is more valuable. We have handbags that are more valuable than other handbags. And generally speaking, it's not because the quality of the product is any higher. It's literally because the perceived value of that product is higher, right? We value that particular thing and we're willing to spend money on it. 
Now let's look at our organizations and ask ourselves, what is valued at our organization? And the answer is incredibly simple. I'm not talking about the specifics or this person or this type of leadership. At a very basic level in corporations, in the corporate structure, what is valued are ideas over hours. So if you are an employee that produces ideas, you have inherently more value at your organization than somebody who works hourly. And that is simply a perception because the hourly worker, without the hourly worker, the company falls apart. Without good hourly workers, the company also falls apart. But in general, hourly workers are replaceable and idea-based workers are less replaceable. Idea-based workers are more valuable. And so when you look at somebody at the vice president or senior vice president level, one of the reasons that they get paid more money is because of their value perception, what we believe their value is to the organization. And this could be because there are less of them at their organization, so maybe that's why they get paid more. But overall, it's because we value, in the corporate world, we value ideas over just like output, hourly output. And this has been probably set up when the corporate structure began, right? We're going to pay our idea-based workers more money than our hourly. I don't know if this is obvious or not, but I don't mean literal hourly workers (laughs) because I know all of you are salary employees, But if you're still very reliant on your subject matter expertise, you are working and getting paid by your hour. You're getting paid by butts and seats versus the ideas and the input that you're giving to the executive team. That is what I mean by an idea versus an hourly employee. And this is simply a a mindset shift even within yourself. And, And I want you to really start to own that is that If I just start to understand that an hourly worker is going to always have a cap on her salary, then I I don't want to put in more hours. So this is like why people don't go for promotions because they're like, well, I definitely don't want to put in more hours. But if I'm going to get paid more money, I have to put in more hours. Like I have to work harder. But the truth is you just need to have better ideas. (laughs) You just have to be a better leader in order to get paid more money and to really have success in those executive leadership positions. So what we're going to do is we're going to start to shift perception of our ideas, right? Really start to show people the value that we bring to the table so that then we can get valued in return. And there are three different ways that we can begin to do that. The first way is with our actual ideas, okay? And so if you are somebody who is Let's say, I don't care if you're actually in a a leadership position or not, but you have some sort of understanding of your industry or thought leadership, or you've written a book, or you have a podcast, or you have some sort of body of work that you've created that is more powerful than just your subject matter expertise, like being able to answer questions, but more in that sort of thought leadership higher level way, if you are able to really have those bigger ideas, if you're able to sit in a room with your CEO peer to peer and brainstorm and 
and float ideas across the table and and really like problem solve at a higher level, then you will be able to shift perception and shift the way people value you. So this happens for my leaders when they quite literally become more of a thought leader, like if you had a podcast or or some kind of public speaking circuit that you go on, you become the spokesperson, so to speak, for your industry. And people in other organizations will start to take notice and they'll say, oh, wow, she works at your company. Wow, she really has a lot to say. And she really had some really great ideas in that conversation. Or let's say in just a a meeting, you were able to really bring some solid questions to the table. You were able to bring some good ideas. You were able to come up with some solutions to some larger problems that they've been trying to solve. So when you can start to show up as an idea-based employee instead of an hourly-based employee and really providing a lot more high-level insight into the conversation, then your perceived value goes up. They see you more as an executive leader. So this is how you start doing that even before you get the title. And basically, all of my podcast episodes kind of talk about how we can communicate at that higher level. In today's episode, I want to share with you the difference and really know that when you start to have conversations from that ideas place, you're going to notice that your perceived value starts to go up. And hopefully you have the promotions and the pay raises to go right along with it. The second way that value is created is through social proof. So like in the marketing world, it's people buy your product, people talk about your product, right? People share about your product. And when other people value your product, then you become more valuable. So what does this look like in terms of corporate leadership? It looks like somebody else at your organization besides your boss, not just your boss, but somebody else at your organization knows about your leadership and understands your value. This is 150% social proof is created through 15-minute ally meetings. You have to be connecting with leaders all across the organization, leaders outside of your organization, so that you're creating that value and now you have that social proof. Your boss cannot be the only person who thinks that you're great, right? You need lots of people who understand your ideas and what the value that you're bringing to the table. Now, what you can also do if you want to up-level that perceived value is you can have them speak to you. You can have them call on you in meetings. You can have them bring up your ideas in another meeting. When you have an executive leader that vouches for you, oh my God, this goes so far. People really start to see your value and they understand and they know that you're ready to lead at that next level. So you're building on that value through your social proof. And the third way that value is created at your company is through political savvy. Now, a lot of women shy away from playing politics. This is why they hate going for promotions because they feel like it's very political and it's a game that they have to play and it's hard and I don't want to manipulate people and all of the ugly side of politics. But the truth is influencing behavior at the executive level is incredibly important right? It's actually part of the job description. And if you can understand how to influence other people, and if you understand political hierarchy, if you understand the needs of different people at your organization based on their positions, the the role that they hold and what matters to them, then you have political savvy. 
right? That is not playing politics per se, even though there is an element of that that is important to career advancement. But political savviness is more like understanding that hierarchy and that situation. So for instance, here is where people get confused. The example I'm giving you is somebody who doesn't have political savvy, but you schedule a meeting with your CEO and you're like, okay, I need to prove my value to my CEO. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about my work and everything that I'm delivering, right? So again, now you're talking about your hourly output, right? Your job, job, your subject matter expertise, the work, your, you know, all of your successes at work. And now you're talking to your CEO about this. Well, first of all, it's bad because it's not talking about your ideas and engaging in conversation. You're just simply like rattling off your resume. But the other piece, the other reason why this is so bad is because you're not politically savvy, right? If you have time with the CEO, your CEO does not care about your work. If you have time on your CEO's calendar, unless your CEO is your boss, but even then, you know, a lot of times if your CEO is your boss, then you're still the main decision maker, right? It's not your job to go to your CEO and talk about your job, right? That's like the farthest thing from your CEO's mind. And so when you go and you only talk about work and especially and like think about anybody at your organization that's in a higher level, if you're talking to them about work, you're basically telling them that you have no idea and you're not politically savvy. You're wasting their time, right? They're not your boss. You don't need to talk to them about your work. So therefore, what do you need to talk to them about? Your ideas, um, some of the thoughts that you're having. You want to ask them good questions. You want to understand what they care about, what keeps them up at night. You want to understand how they're making decisions, right? Everything there shows that you have that political savviness. This is the trifecta of value creation. If you can have that political savviness, really understand and know that at that higher level, if you're not engaging on an ideas-based approach, then you don't have political savviness. You're actually causing yourself more harm than good, and you're creating social proof as a result. You have more value. You have more perceived value at your organization, and guess what? They're going to pay you more. You're going to be able to make a bigger impact because you're going to be able to be in a role that's more aligned with your true strengths and what you're able to bring to the table. You are able to do the job that you always wanted, which is to really honestly be called into the room for your big ideas, for your strategy. At the end of the day, none of us want to be recognized for the hours that we put in for our output. I mean, truthfully, whether or not you're an individual contributor or an executive leader, there's a part of you that just wants your work to be valued. In order for it to be valued, you have to shift perception of that value. And we do that through our ideas, through social proof, and through political savviness. Those are the three things that you can start to do today to begin to show other people and begin to get value in return, right? Because you are inherently worthy. You have value. You do not have to go out and, and get value to prove to yourself, but you do deserve 
more money and you do deserve to be in a higher level position where you're able to make the impact that you're capable of making. And so the goal is to create that value so that you can get the value back in return. I hope this episode was helpful. Go out and get more value at your company. Value, value, value. Get more money so that you can create more value in the world and so that we can really make the leadership table that we want to see. All right. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye. go, I have a question for you. Do you know how close you are to your next promotion? Really? Not what your boss has told you, not what you even believe to be true, but have you actually taken the time to sit down, take an assessment, review the five categories that it takes to get promoted into senior executive leadership positions and decided where you fall in each category and given yourself a ranking on a scale of one to 10 of how close you are to getting your next promotion? Have you done this? Well, now's your chance. If that feels interesting to you and you're like, hey, I want to know exactly how close I might actually be or how far away you might be and what it's going to take to get you even closer, then I invite you to take my promotability quiz. This is a quiz that I put together with practical tips that actually tell you where you're lacking and where you're winning. What are the areas that you actually need to improve and not necessarily what your boss is telling you all the time so that you can take concrete steps towards landing that next promotion and changing the face of the leadership table. Go to yourpromotabilityscore.com to take your free assessment today. Yourpromotabilityscore.com. And let me know how it goes.